Welcome to today's show of Harmony Beats Balance. I am honored with guest Mark Dollins. I'm going to bring him on in a second. And what I want to tell you during this dual cast radio show slash podcast is that I have wanted to actually have Mark on the show for a while. You'll know why when he starts talking and he's a new author, he's an adjunct professor, and he runs his own communications consultancy. What up, Mark? Hey, Dana. How you doing? Mahalo. <laughs> Mahalo Nui to you. Mahalo. Yes, I'm learning. Mark in the house. So, Mark, we're going to get into all kinds of exciting topics today. Most importantly, the reason why I wanted to have you on the show. So, from the first time we met, four <laughs> score and, I don't know, three, four years ago, I felt like we were kindred spirits. And it sounded to me at the time, and you haven't invalidated it, that that's still true. So, why are we kindred spirits, Mark? Tell our listeners. I think we both listen to our hearts and we listen with our hearts. And you're like my fifth sister. <laughs> so I'm, I'm one of seven and I got four sisters. And I just thought instantly, first of all, I got to introduce you to the rest of my sisters. You you will be welcome to the clan. Uh, but you are very we're very much of kindred spirits. And I think it's because we listen with our hearts and we and we truly care about others. So that is the beautiful answer and segue into your book, because your book, I've read it, and your book is about the skills it takes to engage your employees by listening with, in fact, your heart. There is no engaging or engagement without heart. So talk us through why now, why this book and why now and tell everyone the title. I'm holding it up, but they can't see it. (laughs) Thank you. It's called Engaging Employees Through Strategic Communications. So it doesn't sound very heart oriented, but it really is because we have chapters on storytelling and we have chapters on um, understanding your audiences and, and how to segment. Not everybody's the same. People have different needs. But to answer your question, Dana, why now? It's because I was done with my corporate career um, in 2018. I had had 35 years. And boy, does that make me sound old. But I had, I had great experiences with companies like Quaker Oats and PepsiCo, Accenture and DuPonts. And that's on the corporate side. And, um, you know, during all that time, I, I collected a lot of, you know, cobwebs, of course, but a little bit of knowledge here and there. And what amazed me is that after 35 years in this career, I, uh, I thought, I wonder if anybody's written a book about this, because I certainly didn't have one when I started. And to my surprise, nobody had written this. And I thought, well, what the hell? Why don't I just throw some ideas down on on some uh, digital paper and see what happens? So that the idea was like we have a whole lot more need today for people who understand change and can communicate and engage other, you know, bring other people with them. And uh, and yet there's no real instruction on on how to do that. So I said, I'm going to write that first college textbook. And I found this amazing partner in John Stemmel, who is the chair of the Department of uh, Strategic Communication at the University of Missouri. And uh, it was just a natural partnership. He brings the academic rigor and excellence to um, the book. And I bring real world experience. So it was sort of a marriage of of minds. But um, we were also surprised to see... We, we did a little bit of research, right? We tried to pitch this to a couple of publishers and we said, I wonder how many jobs are out there for people who want to do employee communication 
questions. And we went on Indeed and a bunch of other sites and could see literally tens of thousands of jobs that require employee communications. And there just aren't enough people to do this work. So that's a long-winded answer for why we did what we did. But man, there was such a need for this. It's so good that you found the gap and that you started solving for it. And most of our listeners are either the engager or the engagee, obviously, or both. So what would you say to those that are the engager? What is your best advice to them that they can find in your words of wisdom coming from your active listening heart and inside of this book? Yeah. Number one, think about what's in it for me the person that you want to bring along with you. You know, there is no such thing as a leader without people to follow. (laughs) And people will follow people that they don't understand or believe in or trust. And so they have to really understand that when you're talking about change, uh, the people that you want to come along with you have to believe in you and and trust you. And and they do that when you're able to say, I'm I'm going to articulate what's in this for you. It's not just for me or for the company. There's something in it for you too. And when we all win, uh, we all engage. Wow. When we all win, we all engage. So on the engagee side of things, what would you tell them? What's the advice for them? Uh, open your minds, open your minds and think about growth, right? Not look, we're as human beings, many of us are naturally resistant to change, right? I like doing this the way that I like the way that I do. And I've done it this way for a long time. And, you know, or I just learned this new thing. Why do I have to change again? And the reality is it's because the world around us keeps changing. You know this, Dana. And so we've got to keep our minds open and keep um, keep sort of the I'm going to call it the lifelong learner uh, mindset, right? It doesn't matter how young we are. It doesn't matter how old we are. We can always learn something new, something different, something exciting. And and the the promise at the end of all that is growth. And I and I think, well, if we're not here to grow, why are we here? Yeah, and why I are mean, we here? I mean, on this planet, why are we yeah. here? Yeah, the big, the big why. Yeah, the big why, right? Yeah. Why are we here? Right. And if you were to go back in time and think about earlier in your career, because most listeners probably don't know you. So you were in a big job in a big fortune company. Feel free to name names or not. Doesn't matter. Many of our listeners are up and comers and they're just trying to get ahead and get to where they believe they want to be, what would you tell your younger self about change and accepting change and opening your mind? Yeah. What I would have said is, you know, lean into it more, lean into it. Don't, don't to keep it at arm's length. Don't avoid it. Don't put your head in the sand. I, I can remember a couple of times early in my career and there were, you know, small changes and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be a part of that. So I'm just going to sit here and they'll tell me when I need to change and what I need to do. And what I learned over time is uh, that usually doesn't lead to a successful uh, end or conclusion for for me. <laughs> so, so I learned I'm leaning into change and raising my hand and saying, well, what is this all about? And how can I be a part of it? How can I influence it instead of just waiting for change to happen to me? So that's that's the advice I would give to my younger self is lean into it. Lean into it. And we hear that term a lot. And for some people, it's a little bit of a checkbox. Mm. And that's actually not what you're talking about in this book. This book is actually very prescriptive. 
Yeah, it is. It, it, it's it's meant to be prescriptive because this hasn't ever been written before. I, I mean, I was giving you a few other statistics, but um, we we found over 340 degree programs in the United States alone uh, in communications. Not one of them at the time had offered a single full semester class in employee communications. And we're like, what is going on here? We know how rapidly you know this field is growing, and especially as you think about change communications. I mean, there's never been a bigger opportunity for a, a communicator uh, to make a bigger impact on a business than understanding how to uh, engage employees in, in change efforts. So, yeah, I mean, I think it is prescriptive because um, it hadn't been written before and nobody had ever been prescriptive. So I, I look at it as, hey, can I save someone about you know 25 years worth of pain and suffering? Yeah, I'd love to do that. And I, I'm also a big believer in, you know, um, uh, you know, making, passing it on, you know, learning what you learn and then pass it on. It's doesn't, it doesn't do me any good by sitting in this rattling around in my brain. It, I hope, I'm hopeful it makes a difference and helps someone advance or grow, as I like to say. So lifelong learners, I'm one of them, and I, I pass that knowledge on to others and in hopes that they'll do the same. They'll advance it even further. Yeah, don't hoard the knowledge, people. Share yeah. it. <laughs> Amen, sister. You got Amen. it. Amen. <laughs> and on the islands, we say, amen. So what um, I want to uh, quote is something from the book. One of my favorite chapters is, of course, about change management, because I'm a gal who loves change. So yep. you talk about riding the change wave and gaining influence in the process. And then there's a great case study about uh, Angeline and her work in Singapore. So what I want to ask you there is if you're going to ride the change wave, which is maybe the leaning in on acceptance and raising your hand, how do you gain influence along the way? What is that about? Yeah. Well, remember the, the book is written for communicators and we're always, you know, of all the functions that exist in companies, communicators are kind of the, hey, bring me my communicator. I have something to say. And so we're always kind of looking at how do we become more of strategic business partners instead of, um, you know, note takers and broadcasters. And so I believe that when we understand how to um, partner with business and, and business leaders and help them learn how to manage change and to do it through communications, we're going to be more influential in that business and with those with those leaders. So I, I think there's sort of an, it, it happens naturally. But the other part of the, the equation is many organizations don't know how to manage change. And so what happens is they bring in communicators and they say, here, go figure this out. And so almost by default, communicators find themselves in the middle of navigating uh, change waters without knowing really how to do it or, or what they're doing. Um, so it's it's a di much more difficult way of being brought into the circle of managing change, but it happens far more often, you know, than, than not. So I'm just saying, hey, go out and educate ourselves. And that way we're in a much better position uh, than being sort of drafted in at the last minute and have to, you know, fight our way through a jungle of, uh, of, of, of challenging and adverse situations that we don't really need to have all of them anyway. Yeah. And in that jungle, it's almost like you're the doctor, cure the disease. It is not one person's job, if I understand your work correctly. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so talk about the village. Who's in the village in terms of who is responsible for communications inside an organization? 
Well, at the end of the day, I think everybody's responsible for communications. I mean, of course, there's a there there, you know, there's a you know corporate communications with a capital C as a function, but you know, really, that's not what that's not what drives the business. It's what happens, you know, between uh, me and my manager, and it's what happens between me and my coworkers, and it's interpersonal communication and small group communication. There's a model that I talk about in the book that um, starts with, you know, creating awareness and then understanding, um, and let's say, of change. But then when you get to the back half of the model where you're having, you know, you actually believe in this change and are you willing to change your behavior because of that? That does not happen through capital C communications. That happens when you believe in and trust and engage with uh, with your manager, your, your team members, you know, people who really can influence and who you can influence in getting the work done. So I, I think that's an important distinction that I try to make in the book is you know, there, there's things that, that corporate communicators can do in creating broader scale awareness and certainly understanding and maybe to some degree belief. But as you get into the behavior change, that's really hard to do in an email or, or a video. <laughs> you can create a sense of you know, emotion, yes, and all those, but it's like, I'm not sure you're going to get people to change their behaviors because of it. And that's at the end of the, of the day, change management, as you well know, Dana, is the human side of change. And that's what we're really working with here. Yeah. And the book is very humanizing. It's written in a way that whether your job, J-O-B, is to be the lead on communications inside your organization or you're the receiver thereof or both, it doesn't matter. The book's written for everyone to really appreciate and understand the depth around this. It's actually, it's quite complex, I would have to say. Yeah, I would have to agree, uh, having done it for, for so long. And it's interesting that the audience for this evolved and, and exponentially changed as we were writing it. And I, I wrote it during COVID. Uh, it wasn't my plan to write it during COVID. But, you know, when we first wrote it, it was, hey, we, you know, we, these college programs don't have a, a course or a textbook. Uh, for engaging employees through communication, let's 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 put one out there. But the more we wrote it, and the the more we realized this is not just for communicators. This is for anybody, <laughs> and it does it not even necessarily in business. I and mean, because when you think about the concepts and the principles of engaging people through communication, it's the same, right? It's about listening. It's about creating trust. It's about having a vision, a narrative, and knowing where you want to go. All those things apply. I mean, you can talk to your kids about these things, and you can talk to your, your spouse or significant others about these things. And they still, it still works. So what we learned is that this is, this truly is a book for everybody. I, and I'm a big believer, especially you know, if there's any MBA candidates out there, this is a, you're going to, this is a skill set. If you do not know this, if you don't know how to engage employees through communications and you're not going to read this book or don't care about this, you are in a boat without an oar, honestly, because um, you're, unless you have a really good strategic partner to, to work with you on this stuff. So it's it's sort of like a gimme uh, to a lot of folks who might not normally be thinking about how to engage other people uh, in communications. But there's a lot in this book for everybody. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. They can't take the or and just hit people over the head. That's not just change management. <laughs> hey, we both gave given it our best shot, but uh, that usually just ends up in a lawsuit someplace. But yeah, yeah, you, you can't, you can't just you can't you know, just hit, hit people, people with that. the stick I or the know, or. Know, Damn it! All right, I want to talk about marriage. You did it. Here we go. We're going to talk about marriage. He knew <laughs> okay. this was going to happen. Lay it on me. Yep. My listeners expect this of me. So. As my brother, <laughs> you should all see he's like he's guzzling his kombucha or whatever he's drinking right now. Bye-bye. Yeah. 
his body. He's also a, a champion wrestler. We'll talk about that before we run out of time. And an adjunct professor. He's so many things and so many tings, as we like to say, on island. So here's the ting about marriage. You talk a lot in the book about campaigning. Mm. How do you campaign for change and healthy communication inside your own marriage, Mark? Oh my gosh, what a great question. Well, I use some of the same constructs that I do in the book. And that is like, well, what's in this for my dear, I, she's called Princess Angie. So um, yeah, that's that's her definition. And he just uh, gave her an award. If you all okay. check him out on LinkedIn, he'll share how to find him and reach him. He's, he he's for real. He, he's for real, though. He's she not just talking it. about it. Like he just no. literally dedicated an award to her. Go ahead. She, but she, she deserves it. I mean, honestly, she is the the the, the rock uh, for for me. We've been married. We're coming up on thirty five years, and so understanding, um, you know, what what makes her happy, what um, what drives her, um, and especially what makes her laugh. I have a I have a thing in my in my every day where I tell her, I go, "Did I make you laugh today?" And she says. Yeah, you did. And if I didn't, I have to really work at it. But it's a thing where I, a humor is a big part. You're not funny me. at all. So that's a real problem, yeah, I know. brother. It's... I don't know. I'm worried now. <laughs> Will it's there the be fact that I have 31? no hair, isn't it? Okay. I can, <laughs> I can wear something on there. I, you know, but, but no, it's, it's understanding of who she is and, you know, and, and she's almost, um, She's almost. I, you're going to think that I'm. I'm just blowing smoke here, but she's almost too perfect. I'm literally. She's a hospice volunteer. She's been a Stephen minister, which is a a, 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 um, a ministry of compassionate caregiving. She's very active in the church. She's the first one to raise her hand when someone's in trouble, dropping off a meal. You know, she she just she is just. Um, my rock. <laughs> but when I think about campaigning, you know, I have to think about, well, what, you know, what is in this for her? What does she care about? And, um, where, you know, and a lot of it is like me just having to remember things that are going on in her life. You know, she's, she's got, um, you know, brothers and sisters and um, a mom in Indiana and, and, you know, we're all you know, thinking about those, uh, those people and what's going on in their lives. And she is particularly engaged in taking care of her mom. I, we live in Connecticut, but she lives in Indiana and she's, you know, doing the travel back and forth. And that takes a toll, you know, um, every once in a while as well. So, it, you know, campaigning, I don't really think of it as, you know, I'm, I'm going to get my way. I, I think of it as, you know, what is it that, um, that I'm looking for? And how is this going to impact someone that I really love uh, and, and care about? And so that's how I tend to approach it. And I ask a lot of questions. Um, I'm getting better at listening. <laughs> She she kind of forces that she doesn't she won't let me walk away for art. Not that we've ever had an argument, of course, but if we ever were to have one, she would never let me walk away because we're we're believers. I'm like, if I can't communicate, um, given the career that I've had, I we're going to be in some trouble. But but we do. And we uh, we, we talk a lot. And, you know, it's easy for us who have a career where we do something, whatever you as listeners think about what you do, quote unquote, for a living right now. That doesn't always translate into the other aspects. That's why harmony beats balance every time and work-life integration is so key across career, family, friendships, community, and our own well-being. So in the, in the ways of using the campaigning tool in the book's toolkit, campaigning, I want to kind of paraphrase what you were saying, only works with love and understanding and seeking to find what's in it for them 
it also means you have to actually know them. You have to know them. Right. Yeah. You know, Pete, we all know when we're being, you know, marketed to or lectured to or being told what to do. We and we know the difference when it's, hey, can we talk about this? You know, here's here's the what the hill looks like. How are we going to take it? You know, there's a big difference in that approach. And, you know, when you're when you're when you're campaigning, if to use your your, your term, which was mine, I guess, um, it's uh, it's important to say it's it's not campaigning to the point of like you're trying to uh, over market or, um, or 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 you know, dupe somebody into doing something. It's really about saying, how do how can we build this together? How can we take this hill together? Because life isn't easy and no one can do it by himself or herself. So um, that is, you know, fundamental to campaigning is recognizing that we're, <laughs> well, you're on an island, but I know, no, no, the, you know, as the saying goes, no, no bad or, or no woman is, is an island, but, but you're on one. So I guess, I don't know. On one, <laughs> however, not acting like one. And that's the difference. <laughs> Amen right? to that, Dana. That's what makes you so special. She's going to hold me accountable to that, people. Yes, so indeed. I don't want to run out of time and I have two more key topics that I want yep. to make sure we cover. One is what do you most look forward to in terms of being an adjunct professor and teaching that class that we obviously desperately need that doesn't currently exist? What are you looking <laughs> forward to? You know what? I, I look forward to, to people getting it. You know what I mean? Understanding it. Um, and, and hopefully I'll do a, a good enough job uh, that people will begin to understand that this is a real career. I mean, this is a big time career. The number of roles that are out there, the number that require this skill base, which is just about everything. But, you know, when you teach, it's, it's about giving back. You know, Lord knows we don't really do it for the money. We do it because this is an important um, fulfilling uh, activity, at least for, you know, I'll speak for myself. Um, and I have had several opportunities to teach at the, at the college level over the course of my life. And I've loved it. I've loved it. And I, and I love being able to spend more than like one hour with students um, to see um, what, how is this working for them? What, 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 what isn't working for them? And uh, how can I help them better understand this so that they're better able, better prepared to, to, not only practice it themselves, but to pass it on to others. So again, I have this, and I think, and you know this, we reach a stage in our lives where it's no longer about climbing a ladder and getting stuff for ourselves. It's about like, what are we, what good are we doing? (laughs) You know, Why are we here? We're back to that, are are we we not? The big why. So what does it look like, feel like, sound like, smell like, taste like when someone Gets it, Mark. Oh gosh, I am. Um, it's it's almost euphoric for me um, that that oh I at at the end of the day we're all here to make a difference, right? And when we see that we have made a difference into someone's life, that they've applied something that we've talked about, and I do. I you mentioned I'm, I'm I, I wrestle and I coach wrestling, and when I see one of my kids do something that I've been talking to him or her about. And they they execute it and, it and it delivers a positive result. I you you cannot scrape me off the ceiling. I'm so excited to see it. So that's that's what it feels like. It's a it's a euphoria. I was just saying, oh my gosh, I made a difference, you know. And isn't that all what, what all of us want to do on this planet? Is we want to make a difference and a good one, a positive one. So we want our listeners to hear this beautiful Hawaiian music that we're about to play and 
while we're doing that for about 30 seconds, dear listeners, as always, if you're driving, do not write anything down. Do not touch that phone. If you are listening on a podcast and able to be not driving and hands-free, we want you to be able to actually slow yourself down for 30 seconds and write down what would getting it in communications look like for you? How would you apply these brilliant bits of wisdom that you've learned in a short time from our dear Mark, how to get it. How are you going to get it for yourself, for others you work with, for your family, whomever is in your sphere, how are you going to get it? So we're going to give them 30 seconds. And while they were doing that, Mark, what I'd love you to wrap with is this. If you were to do uh, align all your passions, strategic communications, engagement, wrestling, being a father, a husband, a brother, all the things that you are, all the places that you've been and all that you wish for, hope is an attitude, not a strategy. So we'll talk about attitudinal stuff for a minute. What would you want in terms of this wish for people as to why you're here culminating all of those experiences and situations together? What's, what is it? Um, It's a great question. I, and I, I'm, I am reminded of one of my favorite quotes from Ulysses. I am a part of all I have met. And I think that is what I would want for everyone to say, you know, whatever, whatever we haven't met uh, physically today, but we've met uh, via this podcast and broadcast. So now we've we've officially met and I hope that I am a part of anything that you're going to do. And I am now officially part of all that you have met. And, and, and Dana, you're already a part of all that I have met. And I couldn't be happier about that because I just, I just love you to death. <laughs> And I love you to death. And he said he'd make me cry. It's like the Jerry Maguire yeah. movie. You're not going to make me cry. And well, I wasn't even happening. twisting your arm yet, but uh, that'll come later. You know, brothers do that to their sisters. I'd have to tap out, sir. I know you're <laughs> wrestling, scorecard. So as what I would call a chief storyteller, we're going to have you, since you already did the quote, which was beautiful, and we did not plan this, listeners. You know, a lot of times in our pre-show, We will try to get to the heart of things we want to cover. We don't really plan for what's going to happen organically. So that was amazing and beautiful. I love that Ulysses quote. And what I want you to do is tell us a one minute story about the communication methodology or the communication strategy that even a child might understand. So we're going to challenge your storytelling strengths and you're going to wrap our show by telling us a story and then we'll find out where they can reach you and that'll be it for today so floor is yours <laughs> or mike is yours once there was a there, there's a story of a little girl that i once knew who really struggled in school um, she doubted herself a lot but i always knew that this little girl had grit 
And when I say grit, I meant, I mean, she could face some really tough things and um, always find a way to navigate either through them or around them. And sometimes she didn't feel so good and she might cry. And other times she might get red in the face and yell. But almost always she would resolve it by taking a step back and trying to figure it out. Well, that little girl this past weekend graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering and a minor in data science from from Worcester Polytechnic Institute in Worcester, Massachusetts. And that is my daughter. And I could not be more proud of her uh, because she really had a lot of challenges uh, ahead of her, especially in elementary and middle school and to some degree in high school and even in college. <laughs> she had challenges. But at the end of the day, she steps stepping back and saying, I, I can solve this. And so the, mo- the moral of the story is don't get mad. Don't get sad. Take a step. Look at something differently. Break it down and you will solve it. That is one of the greatest stories of all time. Every listener can relate to that, whether they're dealing with their own kid who's struggling or a coworker, their parent, their neighbor, their friend, or you're just yourself. You're struggling. Don't get mad. Don't get sad. Take a step back. If that isn't sage wisdom, I don't know what is. Drop the mic. How do they reach you? How do our listeners find you? Where do they read your book? Tell well, us all your there's a couple of options. One is uh, the book you can find on Amazon. Again, it's called Engaging Employees Through Strategic Communication. There is a website that's created. It goes engage-employees.com. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn, so that's easy to find. Mark D. Dollins, D for devilishly handsome. You, you can agree with that anytime you want. And and then on uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, at Mr. North Star. So North Star Communications Consulting is the name of my consultancy. And I also have a website, northstarcoms.com. So a couple of different ways of reaching me. Uh, Let's be friends. Let's (laughs) all be friends. And now we've all met. So in honor of Ulysses, you are officially this show's North Star. Oh, thank you, sister. <laughs> You're welcome, my brother. And I love it. That is a wrap. Mahalo, it is mahalo, a wrap. mahalo. A hui ho yeah. until next time. And let's just continue on this path. Bless you. And thank you. <laughs> Ete <laughs>